Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Well, hello again. We're going to talk about a interesting compilation of steps, if you will, that a person might want to take if they're experiencing chronic neck and back pain. And, you know, as I mentioned, I've been in practice for 40 years. I've got to suffer my own back and neck pain. I've uh, been treating big patients for years. So of course I'm going to have some repercussions from time to time. And the most important thing for me is continual learning. I'm always got my nose in some new way to look at the world. And as a result, I've come up with a 10 step protocol for neck and back pain. And, the, and that class is actually available online. I'll tell you more about that. But I just thought I'd spend a few minutes talking about the basics, let's, let's start with neck pain. The basics of what causes people to have pain, and it is multifactorial. It's not just our body, and it's not just our mind, and it's not just our food, it's how we move it. And, and moreover, it's kind of the habits that we've created in terms of how we own and use our bodies. And then we take a look at all the different tissues that are involved and uh, there's a saying in the world of diagnosis that, you know, the issue is the tissue, but the question is which tissue, you know, which tissue is causing you your pain? Is it muscle? Is it ligament, the tissues that connect bone to bone? Is it tendon, the tissues that connect muscle to bone? Is it myofascial, that uh, inner web-like, um, very delicate tissue that constricts or allows proper fluid movement, including lymph and blood flow? Is it, is it nerve? Is it a nerve pinch? Is it the decreased blood flow? Is it the sympathetic nervous system that's mitigating or um, uh, cutting off some of the proper vasoconstriction and vasodilatation that flow of blood to the nerve? Is it too much inflammation? Is it uh, eating Doritos instead of apples? Is it you know having such negative fearful thoughts that our autonomic system shuts down and we do vasoconstrict. And let me tell you, when you don't get blood flow to an area, you have more pain. Is it the uh, addiction to the way we sit in, in, our, uh, in our computers or younger people sit on the couch playing video games? Is it the way we have learned to always plunk ourselves down in a chair and not think about it, but repeatedly doing the same thing, twisting one leg over the other or, um, is it our eyesight that we have denied uh, is actually part of the problem? So it's causing us funky postures. Um, 
uh, uh, when we're trying to get the right focal distance at our computer? Is it is it how you've learned to sleep? You know, people develop patterns and habits in sleeping. And are you a stomach sleeper? Can't sleep on my back, or I can't sleep on my stomach, or I have to have four pillows. You know, these are all things that happen to us when we're kids. And then we develop this signature walk, this signature stand. I mean, you can tell people a mile away sometimes who they are. My brother, who I absolutely adore, had a little bit of Jenny Varus um, growing up as a kid. And he looked like he'd been on a horse a lot, but hadn't really ever ridden horses. And he hadn't seen one of his buddies uh, in, in years and years. And he was at an airport and someone screams out, hey, Pierce, kind of the shortcut for our last names. And he turned and looked, it was a fraternity brother, brother of 25 years earlier, just because he had this signature walk. And, you know, you can tell people from a distance. And so why, how do we develop these signature walks, these ways of holding our body? You know, are, are we always having our head tipped to the right because our, our hair is parted on the left and our bangs are long? I mean, there's just so many things that go on. Um, in, in the unconsciously. So these are the, these are the pieces that we talk about in this class. And uh, I tried lots of different ways to share the information, to be honest. And uh, first I tried to do it in just a one and a half hour class. And it was like getting, you know, water out of a fire hose. People were super frustrated. It was good data. They loved the data, but they couldn't incorporate it. And so in keeping with my concept in life about, you know, less is more and minimalistic approaches are always more effective, I elected to do a course split up into six weeks. And the, each week, the first five weeks, you get two of the 10 steps. And the sixth week is a recap and talks about some case studies. But that way you have two steps to think about during the week. And then the next week you pull up that 30 minute webinar and you watch the next one. And so that is uh, all of $49, what a great fee. Um, and you can do it on your own, in, your, uh, in the privacy of your own home when you want. And it's really well done uh, as, as <laughs> says the woman who put together the curriculum and put, put together the course. But remember this is coming after 40 years of experience, trial and error, having my own neck pain, being in several car accidents, uh, my younger year being a little bit nutty around um, driving too fast and maybe not conscious to the degree I should have been. Uh, I raced bicycles, I crashed, I was fairly competitive. And uh, I'm married to this most fabulous chiropractor, but I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I, I feel pretty good. And so the point is I did all the wrong things. So I, I got to experience some discomfort. So having said that, um, I wanted just to talk about a couple, a couple of them to pique your interest in, in the next few minutes together, a couple of the steps. And I've talked about some of these things already because they're part and parcel of the book I wrote. But when you're dealing with neck pain, I have to say that our habitual way of dealing with the world is oh so important. And you have to have someone who doesn't know you that well look at your body to go, wow, you're, you're, you look like you're ready to attack with your right arm. You know, a patient walks into a room, their shoulders elevated, their shoulders forward. And, you, you know, there's a kind of an offensive um, position to their body, like they're ready to slug you with the right arm. 
not even aware of this, but we throw different parts of our body forward or back. And there are people who are psychologists and um, mental health care providers can correlate some of these postures with a, a particular emotional set, right? I mean, you're not gonna get somebody who is a very docile, introverted, super kind inability to confront stepping into your treatment room with their chest puffed out and, um, and shoulders back. It's gonna be quite the contrary, typically the position of the forward slumping shoulder and the, the symbolism of maybe lack of self-worth, which quite honestly is the most common presentation of most human beings on the body. Uh, I mean, on the planet, I'm not sure how that happens genetically or otherwise, but we're kind of set with this belief that maybe we're not good enough and we either believe it or we pretend it's not true and develop different attitudes around that. But our challenge, if you're listening to this in your lifetime now, is in the last 20, 30 years, our world has changed dramatically from needing to sit at a computer and look at a phone. And we weren't like that years ago. I mean, yes, we would have a we would have a typist if we were in leadership, but we wouldn't be typing ourselves. You know, you might be writing, but you wouldn't be, you might be dictating, but you wouldn't be at a computer every second. You'd be on the phone leaning back in your chair with the phone held up to your ear. And the phone would be so big that if you had to grab a pencil with your left hand, the phone would be right there on the shoulder between your shoulder and your ear. And it was so large that your head wasn't cranked to the left or right to hold that tiny phone so it won't fall, much like as the case of when we have cell phones. And so, you know, you, uh, you have these patterns that are generally asymmetric. And then you throw trauma in on top of it Let's say you broke your right clavicle, um, your collarbone, when you were three, and it knitted up just fine. But in actual fact, when that shoulder, um, when, when that collarbone can be fractured, oftentimes it short, shortens. And so, what that's going to do, it's going to bring your shoulder forward. And you think, oh, yeah, maybe a half inch, who cares? But it matters because now you have this this setup where your pectoral, your chest muscle on the right side, let's say, is shorter. And it has, it has a tendency to want to stay short anyway, our pec muscles do. And now the muscles in the middle of the back, where we call the scapular retractors, those muscles that pull the scapula back, we've talked about those a little bit, they're a little bit longer because of this forward shoulder posture. And what happens when a muscle is just a little bit longer? Well, it's less prone to fully engage and contract and elicit strength. So if you round your back all the time, those muscles that are uh, meant to pull your scapula back and have your, you know, your, your heart move forward, if you will, your chest open up, they're gonna be at a, um, at a negative impact in terms of its ability to really engage. So, you know, who are you? You are a history of what you've been told, what you've heard, what you believe, the, your, your feelings that have been hurt, the injuries you, you sustained. And then we just kind of hold that in our bodies and boom, um, you can kind of tell when somebody's going to be having neck pain or mid-back pain or low-back pain, pending their presentation. And so it's critical that 
in, in this work, one of the steps is to get aware of, of what you actually doing in time and space with your body. And there is a body of work um, by a manual therapist by the name of Moshe Feldenkrais, where he really understood this consequence and would get the patient in different various positions to unwind the myofascial uh, tightness to help to create symmetry in their posture. And there was often an emotional release with that because, you know, our bodies hold emotions that we rather not deal with. And um, I can't tell you the countless times I've worked on someone in an area that they've been holding emotionally and they start crying or expressing an emotion they haven't really felt for a long, long time. So the body is super good like that. It holds, holds on if you allow it to, but that generally means you're also holding on to pain. So one of the first steps we do is we have you lay on your back and I go through a narration for you to start to like, hey, good Lord, I, my, my right shoulder can't go down or my right foot wants to roll out or I can feel all this weight on my left glute, but none on my right. That's interesting. I can't, I can't feel my uh, shoulder blade um, but when I put my arm out, my elbow gets there, but my hand does. But on the other side, it's just the opposite. I mean, I'm just making up variations of um, our asymmetries because we all have them. And recognizing them, looking at them helps you to reverse engineer some of the things that you're doing in life. So for instance, um, in my particular situation, even though I'm left-handed, I'm a chiropractor that's right-hand dominant. And if you've ever been to a chiropractor, you use a lot of strength coming from the right side of your body. So I'm leaning over patients, I'm thrusting uh, into the spine using my hand and my shoulders going forward and I'm engaging and you know do that for 40 years. And after fashion, you develop some more tightness on the right side than the left. And so, while I can um, recognize that pathology, if I don't do something about it, I deal with chronic uh, reoccurring neck pain. And, and yet when I do kind of unwind the activities of the day, um, I keep the pain under control. But if I didn't know it, I wouldn't know what to do. So I wanted to share one, um, one stretch that you guys might be able to play with if you happen to have neck pain, if you happen to have a forward shoulder, probably represents 75% of you right there. Um, if you have healthy shoulders, meaning, meaning that you can take your arm and circumduct it backwards and not go, ah, 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 ah. Um, you can lay on your back and put your arms over your head and you can actually get your elbow crease close to your ear. You can put the back of your arm on the, on the floor, or if you could take a hold of a chin-up bar and hang from it and not scream out in pain, you probably have pretty decent health, healthy shoulders, particularly healthy if you can say, take your right hand and put it uh, over behind your head. So your elbows pointing towards the ceiling and then to take your left hand and put it behind your back and then try to approximate your hands. If you're anywhere close and you can do that on both sides, boom, you're, you're in good shape. So this stretch that I'm gonna tell you about is not to be done if you have unhealthy shoulders, because here's the thing, you, you don't wanna hurt one part of the body while you're trying to help another. I'm gonna give you this stretch to consider only if you have healthy shoulders. 
And then you can do a variation of this on the floor. See, anytime something's too hard, all we have to do is break it down and get on the floor and reduce gravity's effect and find something that stresses the tissue you want lengthened and away you go. But so, so one of the things, and I'll have a picture of it in the show notes is I'll take a band, a sturdy band, and I will tie it onto something sturdy. I might loop it through, um, if I had a chin-up bar, one of the bars, or if I had uh, a door that I could shut, I would tie off the band and open the door and stick it in the hinge and then close it so it can't, it can't um, slip out. And then I would hang on to this band uh, in such a fashion that I would be, my body would be, the back of my body would be facing the door. Let's say it's in the hinge. And then I would take, and it would be about the height of my shoulders themselves. And then I would stand and I would put my hands on inside of the band at about the height of my ears. So now if you can imagine me standing there, I'm kind of creating a triangle with the band. One of the one of the angles is at the door and the other two other angles are where my hands are creasing it and pushing out. Now I'm gonna straighten my arms up without bending my elbows. And then I'm going to kind of lean my, my chest forward, allowing my shoulders to come, or my hands actually, to come back to approximate a, a clean line with the side walls of my body. So oftentimes when we do put our arms up, our hands are forward of our sides, of, of, the, of the line that you would draw from your ear to your hip, to your ankle. And so as these arms are up over your head and you're thinking about letting your scapula come together, you're thinking about letting your heart move forward. You're thinking about, um, you know, a gymnast who completes this great vault. They pop their arms up in the air and they're so beautiful because the arms are straight, but they're actually backwards a little bit because there's so much flexibility in the front of their chest. This is a, a way to kind of sneak into this posture and you can hold that for 10 seconds and come out of it and repeat that two or three times. But what you'll find is if you do this routinely and you did have a problem with forward shoulder posture, you start to unwind that. And then notice, oh gosh, that neck that's always tight on the right side is so much better. Why? Because we're connected. So in, in any way, that, that is just one of the 10 steps that I address in this cervical um, 10 step protocol and the same thing, I do a different piece of it as it relates to low back in the 10 step lumbar protocol, but you're welcome to go online and, and get those classes ordered up for $49. It's pearsonandweary.com and you can find it up above under classes. Uh, so that's what I wanted to share with you today. And your thought for this week is really about how are you holding your, your body in time and space? And the best thing to do is ask a friend who's uh, willing to be honest with you because they can tell you um, very readily how you, how you hold yourself in the world. And then if it's not perfect, you can reverse engineer that and, and think about ways you can minimize that. All right then. So I hope you guys have an absolutely fabulous day and we'll look forward to seeing you next time.
In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.